What's up, guys? We are back, your high street freaks. And uh I think, you know, we we're gonna we're gonna get into this episode. We're gonna get into, you know, the the adventure that, that the Saturday's game was. But I think just to start it off, like we were talking before we got on before we started recording. We just got what we deserved this week, you know, just like the most annoying game possible after just like completely neglecting to even mention the word Wisconsin the entire week yeah. leading up to this. Like that's on us, you know, and it, we, we should have just seen that coming. But man, at least it's a 14 point win. Yeah, it kind of um, it does advance the Luke Fickle agenda for me slightly. Like, hey, you know, Luke Fickle gave Ryan Day as hard of a time as the other team this season. Uh, Wisconsin was on their backup quarterback, third string running back, and lost their best receiver, and still were in the game late in the second half. I don't know. I could I could spin it that way if I wanted to. Um, but I don't know, man. Bucks won two score win. It's the same team they've been like all year, right? It's just yeah, yeah, it is the it most is. fresh, like a, a new way to fuck up every week while still like getting wins against good teams. It's and, a it's a truly like, baffling season. It's yeah. It's just like everything is who you think that they are. Like especially on the offense, it's like everyone is exactly who you think they are, for better or for worse. And I think like that just is, I don't know. Like it's for anyone hoping that things were going to improve this season or anybody was going to get better or frankly get worse. Uh, it just really hasn't happened. You know, like Kyle McCord, like kind of is who he is. Like Cade Stover is who he is. The offensive line, they are who they are. But thankfully, Marvin Harrison Jr. also is who he is. And Travion Henderson also is who he is, too. And I so will say like, Trey has maybe even improved. That was probably his best he, game ever. He yeah. probably has. Yeah. My my hypothesis on Trey, too, is like, I think that he genuinely was really injured last year and wasn't about to come back if he wasn't 100%. And seems like that was the good call because he looked really, really, really good on Saturday, like didn't it was not even just numbers like it was like i don't know he he looked like a a comfortable running back yeah running the ball like he was seeing things I, I think, he was cutting back yeah. to, you know like he was making the right hitting the right hole had a feel for what they were doing on on offense and you know it was, it was a that's the biggest thing is i i guess he had more productive games as a freshman but mm-hmm. that game in terms of him feeling the defense like knowing where to get to his shiftiness and space um, he did drop that touchdown pass, but you know, he was at least somewhat active in the receiving game. Mm-hmm. Like he, he had a good blitz pickup at one point that was like the most complete game I've ever seen him play. He looked really good. Um, yeah. it, that, I mean, that's no, what I like, wanted him to be. Yeah. And I'd like him to not go on the injury report four more times this season and like, yeah. you know, look like shit inexplicably in two weeks, but like for now, amazing game, amazing <laughs> game. Yeah. I, and like, I think, uh, I think going along with that, I think the kind of building on what we saw against Purdue um the run game was a little more creative i guess uh there's a lot more motion um using x in the in the run game is like that uh with that jet motion on the end, the end around sort of stuff um like that was really you know smart and creative and opened things up they um I don't know. Just it, it seemed like a lot more diversity in the running game, and it wasn't just uh, yeah, you know, boundary stretch, go for it, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think they were they were a little more creative on that. Um, the 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 gap like involvement has been good to see. It's yeah. kind of continued as a trend since Purdue. 
Um, a little bit less against Penn State, but still overall their gap percentages are improving. Um, yeah, I thought Chip, uh, I don't know, he didn't look terrible, right? Like he didn't look good, but maybe like 13 yards in the night on six carries. But um, <laughs> he had that nice third down pickup on the pass. Uh, he, I don't know, man. Like, I, I guess I, I, okay, I'm not trying to make this negative because I am very excited about Trey. I just still don't understand why all of these backs that are pretty clearly mediocre, like, you know, you have, I guess, just two, Chip and Chip and Chop. Why is Dallin not playing? I just don't understand. Like, you need some carries that are not Trey. Yeah. What are we getting out of anyone who's not Dallin Hayden? Like, what is so good about these guys that makes it worth wasting a red shirt so you might get an extra year out of a guy in 2026? Yeah, man, I don't know. I I, I genuinely don't know. Um. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I'm watching the same games you are. Um, I know. Maybe it just pisses me. I, I just can't. Yeah. Like, I, I just, it's, it's very weird to me. Um, unless, like, shit, you think, like, Dallin Hayden's your best running back and you're going to save him for, like, Michigan and then, like, a playoff run. Like, wouldn't that be fucking hilarious if just, like, you're like, well, they couldn't I, even but, do that because they already used two games, right? So they'd have to, he's played two, be three. Yeah, because he played three snaps against uh, against Indiana, I think, or Maryland, one of the two. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like, even if you're saving his red shirt, they're so fucking bad at saving his red shirt. Yeah. Um, Tony Elford, man. Jesus. Yeah, uh, I, don't, I, I have no idea. I have no idea at all. But as long as, as long as, if Trey is healthy, and it seems like from how he was talking, he was healthy. He hasn't been healthy since Notre Dame, and that's why he hasn't played. Um, if Trey's healthy and he's playing like that, like that's fine. You know, like spell him with whoever. I don't really give a shit if the backup running back averages two yards a carry. Like that, it's fine. Um, it's it's not it's not ideal, but like I, I don't know. I I just I'm I'm kind of just over the running game, and I'm over this offensive line, man. Like I think oh. like just in terms of like we knew what we were getting and it hasn't surprised us, but the bad kind of not surprised us. <laughs> like the offensive line has been just beyond horrific. Um, and I want to say it's worse than we expected, but like, frankly, it's it's exactly what I expected. Every play is more or less exactly what I expected. I think like this, this offensive line is going to keep Marvin Harrison jr. From winning the Heisman, I think. And like Kyle McCord to a point too. Kyle McCord to a point too, but there've been back to back weeks when the offensive line literally took a touchdown off the board from Marv because they couldn't block for on, on a very basic concept to allow it to develop like that. He would have been wide open slash was wide open, but Kyle McCord immediately had somebody in his face. I think it was Josh Fryer on both, both instances, but good God. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. You have to look to see it, right? Josh Fryer just gets whipped. Um, Josh Simmons is good for a false start every game, essentially, at this point. I think he's had, really cool, I don't yeah. know, several several procedural penalties this season. Uh, Carson Hinson was pretty bad last JB night. Shugertz, yeah. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Hinson was bad last night. I think that, I mean, Jones has been good all year. Jones has been rock solid all season. Mm-hmm. Happy with him. Donovan Jackson has kind of not been noticeable the last two or three games. Which is a delightful so I guess change of pace, yeah. Yeah, I think I got mad at him for something in Purdue, but I guess since then he's been fine. Um, uh, I did. Kate Stover, who was not targeted at all on Saturday, um, did have a couple key misses on block. So you got to love to see that. Yeah, uh, it yeah. was. Yeah, 
I mean, he just, he can't help himself. Like, it's just like, it's so funny, man. Even on, there was like one of the better Trey runs. It ended up not mattering because Trey got outside, like outside of Stover. But, or maybe Fleming came into block. I forget what happened. But but I saw on the replay, like Stover got engaged by, it wasn't even a linebacker. It was a safety. The safety engaged him and shed him in like half a second. Like one move just tossed him to the side. The guy just re- does not care about blocking. I mean, that's the no. only explanation. No, no. Yeah, it, it... Or, I mean, if he does, he's just horrific at it. And he is, I don't know. I, I again, like it's, it's to the point where like, I don't even think that's on him. Cause it's like, this guy clearly cannot block and you keep putting him in these. Well, yeah. They, have a, they like, have a 29 year old intern coach in his position. Yeah. They yeah. Hire, the guy they had to hire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and I mean, Kevin Wilson clearly didn't coach him for the past five years or however long Stover's been here. It's been a long ass time. Like, if, if, yeah. at some point like it's not even like um like it's a, that's got to be on kevin wilson right if you fail to develop uh, I, this kid in five to a years. certain level yeah but i think it's not just like his technique is bad but he's also kind of lazy yeah like you can block relatively well if you're just willing to put your body in front of someone and drive your legs yeah like it's not that hard of a concept like i don't know <laughs> I, I just can't stand the guy but it is what it is um yeah, Trey played amazing. I mean, Marv was the best player in the field. Like he has been every game all year. Um, I guess Indiana, maybe. Um, you want to talk about Kyle? Oh, this was his worst game, right? Like, like pretty clearly. Yeah. Um, Indiana was pretty gnarly too, but this was. Yeah, bad. I mean that that was his first start, and so like I think he gets more of a mulligan on that. But like this yeah. one was just. Just not good. I mean, he had two, three turnovers, right? Because he had that fumble too. Correct. Yeah, three turnovers. And uh, that means no, they didn't. No, no, they they ended up calling that. It was a turnover on downs, right? Did they call it incomplete? But it was still a fourth down. <sighs> or what the hell did they call that? I'm they called that one sure. intentional grounding. That's right. That was one of his two intentional grounding penalties. Oh, they call, okay. Which, they did call it intentional grounding. That's true. didn't they? Or was he was he strip sacked twice? Let's check. I Let's swear check. he was. Tri- I, I swear he was strip sacked. Um, I recall the hit you're talking about, but I thought they call it an intentional grounding. Um, let's see here. They went turnover on downs, field goal, punt, interception, touchdown, interception, touchdown, punt, punt, touchdown, punt, end of game. Okay. So, so I guess that not. was the one called turnover on downs. Yeah. Uh, or yeah, the turnover on downs when he was, sorry, dude, I'm, I'm losing my mind here. He was sacked on a fourth down, which led to a turnover on downs. Um, so I guess you can cut up those three turnovers. Yeah, he had two intentional groundings, uh, which now makes it three in his last three games and five overall in the season, which that seems impressive. Like, I don't know what the yeah. if anyone tracks the stats for most intentional grounding in a season is, but he has to be the leader in the clubhouse. Yeah, I'd see like. On one hand, I get it like that's super frustrating, but to me, like intentional grounding is clearly an offensive line stat and not necessarily on him. Because the ones that he's taking, for the most part, that I, I guess it's, I can recall some from earlier in the season. Um, the the one I don't know. There, there have been a few where he clearly could have gotten the ball to a receiver, like throwing it down at somebody's feet, or like it was just a dumb play. Yeah. But a lot of times it's just like he's kind of acting in desperation, and like it would have been a sack anyway. So I don't know. It's it's a combination. I just want to know what kind of like little little monkey bagging and symbols in his head though, because like you'll see yeah. at times like he. It's these intentional groundings where he like kind of carelessly throws it away, like doesn't, I don't know, like has another option, doesn't do it, doesn't throw it to someone's feet. But yeah. you also see him like the interception he had 
where he like absolutely forces a throw that had no need to be thrown there. It was on first fucking down. Yeah. And he could have thrown it out of the back of the end zone for uh, to throw it away. Yeah. Like, I just don't know. I don't know what this guy's IQ point is, but it can't be very high. Like his, his processing ability is just terrible. And it's, I, yeah, I think that's the thing too, is like, there's no mystery that your offensive line sucks, dude. Like, Every play, you should be like, okay, what happens if Josh Fryer whiffs on his block? Like, what am I going to do? And like, maybe that's unfair. And like, it is. Maybe your offensive line should just be better. But like, if if I was a quarterback and I knew that my offensive line sucked, I feel like I would have some sort of contingency plan in my head. Literally every time I dropped back to pass, especially on third down, like, okay, if this guy can't block, like. I'm going to do this. And it seems like he's just like caught off guard every time his offensive line, like can't hold up in an obvious passing down situation. It's like, buddy, like this happens every third down. Like, I don't know. It's, it's yeah. yeah, that wasn't good. His and yeah. I mean, any, was it only two picks or was it three? It was two picks, two picks. I feel uh, like it, it should have been three. Was there one that was dropped or something? The, uh yeah i mean there were there's always a couple that are dropped i feel like for him um yeah i don't know like i, I guess here's what i'll say the, the one interception the, the one in the red zone you could argue if trey henderson just caught that football kyle's fine but like i don't think that absolves kyle of no. making a play that stupid it was a the second play. one yeah the second one people are saying oh the guy broke on the ball and that's fine but it was still into like a very tight triple coverage scenario like he was trying to thread an NFL throw when he has to understand, buddy, you're not an NFL quarterback. At least yeah. now you're not. You have to like – the offense is, <laughs> is easy enough that if you don't have anything, it's usually because there are seven guys in coverage and you should be able to take off and get five or six yards. Uh, I just think he's limited. When you say also like he throws it away, like there has what else do I do because the offensive line collapsed, I get that. But also his lack of mobility or his lack of like – Yeah. I don't know. He had that it's one good run of the game on third down. It's yeah, not even mobility. It's, it's, it's just like pocket presence. Like there's a lot of guys like Tom Brady wasn't mobile. And I, I mean, I, I yeah. obviously you can't just compare him to the, the greatest quarterback of all time and be like Tom Brady. Did no, but smart, I know what you're saying. You know? There's a lot of quarterbacks. Like, yeah. Who aren't mobile. Who manipulate the pocket well at their yeah. feet. Yeah. So you don't have to be like a, you don't have to be Braxton Miller. Just like have a feel for the pocket. Cause some of it, like to be clear, like Josh Fryer, I'm not going to be a, I'm not going to defend Josh Fryer here, but there are multiple times over the past few games where Josh Fryer's gotten beat, but all Kyle McCord had to do is step up in the pocket and it would have been fine. Like constantly, dude. It's, it was like this that sack on Fryer in this game was a mirror image of the Purdue sack. Exactly. It's yeah. where Fr- Fryer gets beat immediately, let this guy go too far upfield. And if, if McCord steps up, it's it still looks bad, but it's not a problem, right? You have enough time to get the throw off. Right. But even then, like obviously he should be doing that, but even in those scenarios, I don't even trust him to step up because that guy is so fucking loose with the football. He goes like a loaf of bread that anyone coming from behind him is going to strip sack him even more often than it already happens. Yeah. Yeah. His, cool. his ball security is horrible. Yeah. I mean, there's it's, it's not great. And, and I don't, I, I, this is a, this is an impossible stat to find, but I feel like he has one of the highest percentages of like fumbles to sacks that I've ever seen. (laughs) It's like every time he gets hit, the ball is coming out. It does feel that way. I wonder if I could look that up. I wonder if we could find that. We should do that for next episode. See if we can get the numbers on that. 
Yeah, because um, like it is it is jarring and you can see it coming. It's like as soon as somebody gets beat, you're like, well, this is going to be a strip sack. The, like, the Penn State one, like it was obvious holding and like, you know, like it was it was the right call on that Marv, the Marv one where it would would have been a hold. But like he's still like fumble. Yeah, I don't know. Like it's just you should not lose the ball every time you get hit the way that he is. So no, he's not a small guy also. Yeah. Like. It's not like he's like a weak dude who's like just getting punched out because he isn't good at the gym enough. He weighs like 225 pounds. It's literally just him right. not being smart. Like, like like a lot of the problems this offense are that Kyle is not smart enough or not doing his job well enough. Yeah. That sounds really negative. I know he's a fucking college kid, whatever, but like it's infuriating. Like they had a night or they had a, they had a, uh, I'll pull it up right here. They had a 52% success rate uh on on saturday which is 91st percentile in college football and they got 24 points because of just stupid red zone horseshit dumb penalties it's just like they they spit the bit all the time because he's not that good yeah I, it was it was very weird because like like you were saying on like a play-by-play basis the offense actually looked like really good on saturday like it like just a and i mean you, you mentioned the success rate but just on like an average down it seemed like they were doing what they wanted and they were like, I don't know, like there was a lot of creativity going on in the running game. Marv, absolutely. Like he had another monster game. Um, Carnell Tate looked good. Um, you know, like there were just like, there are good things happening. It's just, again, the red zone problems. So I don't know. Yeah. Very frustrating. Yeah. I mean, yes. 61% of available yards that they got, they averaged uh, 41 yards per drive. Um you should get a lot more than 24 points to do that. Especially when you get, what, three turnovers? How many did Wisconsin have? Uh, two or three. Um, yeah, Wisconsin finished with, sorry, one turnover. I guess that one fumble was recovered. Yeah. Just kidding. Um, two forced fumbles, they recovered one. Yeah. Yeah, correct. I, thought, I, I don't know why. Dude, I'm, clearly we're both, uh, our, our memories are not the greatest after Halloween, Saturday night. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It, it was just a very annoying... It was a very annoying watch. I think McCord is the biggest limiting factor on this team. I know like every Ryan Day team has red zone issues. It just is kind of a feature of his his teams. But this one's feel particularly as a result of just McCord not being the right guy. Um, also, I know we've talked about his first half, second half split previously. I do have the updated numbers uh, over after this past week. So he was in the second half. Uh, he was seven of seven for 86 yards and a touchdown uh, against Wisconsin, uh, essentially a perfect half. Um, prior to that, he was 10 of 19 uh, for 150 yards, uh, one touchdown and two interceptions. Um, and that was it's really pretty weird, good man. Quarter, yeah. On the season now, um, or sorry, on the season, sorry, from Notre Dame onwards, in the first half, he is 48 of 89. Uh, which is 53.9% completion rate for 609 yards, just six point yards per attempt, uh, two touchdowns and two interceptions. In the second half of those games, he's 47 of 66, just 71.2% completion rate for 739 yards, just 11.2 yards per attempt and six touchdowns. Um, so if like you only included the second half, like this motherfucker is winning the Heisman trophy. Yes. Yeah. Fascinating. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that. Like, that's just like, like, is it, is it like coach it? Like, 
is it just like a matter of like going back to the locker room and then Ryan Day can tell him what to do? Like I I I like I sincerely like don't know what could cause that to be that jarring too. Like I just I genuinely don't know. Like it that's very weird. Very weird. Like it's it, very it, it, weird. Yeah. It like simultaneously makes sense though, because like it's like, oh, you know, like maybe early game jitters and then he settles in and like, but that shouldn't happen every game, especially like no. this late in the season. No, and that's the thing is like the fact that he had his worst game of the season this far in, in week nine, is very concerning for the rest of the way to me. Because, like, what has he learned from or developed on or grown up? Like, have you seen him get better anything this year? I feel like he's just the same guy he kind of was when he started. He's going to be hitting his, like, throw-to-throw accuracy is going to be slightly better. He's, like, sailing balls less frequently. Um but he still even he did that swing pass or that screen pass the chip uh, on the sideline where he threw at the chip's feet and you saw chip just like shrugged his shoulders and got pissed off. Yeah. Like the body language of this team tells you these guys kind of know that Kyle sucks. Um, yeah. Even the Julian yeah. Fleming deep throw. Everyone got mad at Julian Fleming for that pass. It wasn't a good uh, ball. It was not a good ball. It was on the wrong shoulder. It was behind him. Like he had the whole, first of all, he had his, he had his man beat. The safety didn't have a great angle. If Kyle throws that ball in front of him and towards the sideline, he scores. Yep. Or worst Easily. case scenario, he's picking up an extra five or six yards and going out of bounds. Um, just throw away from the safety and don't like. It's like he tried to make the perfect so NFL simple. throw and just like throw it, throw it a little to the right and like. Yeah, you easy, make him turn catch. around, back his other way. Like it was, a, it was a difficult look. I hit his hands. I understand the thought process that every ball that hits your hands, you should catch. I do get that, but like that made it unnecessarily hard for what could have been a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. The trade uh, did drop that touchdown. That does suck for Kyle. Yeah, he did. Yeah, that, that, that was a pretty good ball, but also there was not a shot in hell that he was catching that as soon as it went up. And I just like, you just know, it's just, it's just vibes. And I, the, the, the last time they had a really uh, cool um, uh, wheel route out of the backfield for Trey. Um, yeah. Earlier in the game. That was cool. Like, but that was, that was a short little dump off throw or whatever. But the two times that I that I recall this season that they've thrown it downfield to Trey was that one where there there's just never a chance he was catching that ball um, all the way. You could just tell he was doing the one where like he's running with his arms out like that. And like it, when, <laughs> when your receiver is running with his arms out waiting for the ball, like, you know, it's like n- never a good sign. Um and then the Looks other like one, a, a kid in like little league trying to feel the fly uh, a fly ball. Ex- it's exactly yeah. what it is. And then the other one was. I believe against Notre Dame when um, they, he essentially was just out there to draw a pass interference and it worked. It worked fine. Like the ball was severely underthrown and Trey just like looked at the safety and ran right into him and threw his arms up in the air. And it was like, ah, cool. Like great work. But he's just, is not a downfield threat. He's cool. Like getting dump offs out of the backfield or whatever, but like it's just not going to happen downfield. Yeah. Oh, well, defense is sick. They got that yeah. going for them, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, the defense is awesome. I I think, I don't know, this far into the season, being uh, as happy and consistent as I am about the defense. Although, Cam Martinez strikes again. God damn it, dude. Just, I mean, I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw it was him in coverage. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was like, there's no way, <laughs> like, you know, it's the mean that I know that ain't who I think it is from big boy. Like that, that, that is what it felt like. I could not believe that was that guy in that field. Like 
I think someone yeah. else said I wasn't watching that closely, but like they had neither Proctor nor Matthews in the field for that. Um, and then afterwards, once Ransom went down, they brought out Martinez at the strong safety spot, which is e- like the touchdown or that was the big play that was ended up in a touchdown. But like that, look, I know he sucks. He was at least in his position playing coverage. Yeah. He should have been on the field. He's bad, but at least you're using him the dime look where they, we know they put him on the field sometimes. When they put him out there at strong safety, I was even more baffled because I was like, what the fuck is he? He's never repped there. That's never been his right. position. Right. He, like, and and you have uh, other guys in the team, like Josh Brockers now starting the, as a deep safety spot, has played there. Yeah. Wouldn't you feel more comfortable with a guy like Malik Hartford, who you've also started is now healthy? You would think like, for a couple reps going in there. The game was like not in doubt anymore. Like, dude. Are we at all concerned about Ransom's injury? I, I mean, like I saw, we'll have no idea. Some different reports on this. Yeah, I mean, well, we won't know. I guess. Yeah, it was non-contact. They said they briefly put him in a wheelchair to go up, but then he came back to the sideline and was had his helmet off. But I don't think he was. Like, he wasn't in a boot or anything. Yeah, um, I don't know. It it didn't like seem that bad, but also yeah. like. A non-contact like leg injury just makes it's you scary. Yeah, very nervous and yeah. I mean, he's been very, very good for Ohio State too. So yeah, that's yeah. concerning. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, that I mean, I don't know. They they are. I feel like they have enough options at safety though that it could be fine. Regard like there's enough guys as long as they don't bring Cameron Martinez on. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, um. Now that Burke's back, like you could have Jordan Hancock and Matthews on the field. Um, I guess Iggy too. I forgot about Iggy. I mean, but between between Hancock, there's no reason for them to need like Styles if he was playing deep earlier. Like, could could Sonny Styles play deep safety? Like, I I don't know. They like, did put it. He looked bad. I don't know. They, they put him. They put him in deep coverage a few times. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know why they're doing that. Yeah. It's it's very weird, especially since it like seemed like they were going to start him there for a bit. I, all in all, very bizarre. I will be if Ransom can't go, I will be very interested to see what they do. Um, but also like this is the part of the year where it's like, I don't know, like what's Ohio State going to do? Lose to Rutgers? Like it's like yeah, it's, it, it matters, but like it doesn't really matter for a month. You know, like if he wants to take four weeks off, that's cool. I don't really care. You know, like. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I feel overall secondary continues to be lights out. I feel great about them. Um, they held the uh the lock kid to uh he was 18 of 39 for 165 on a touchdown. Yeah, uh, so 4.2 yards per attempt. Um, you know, sub 50% completion rate. I mean, great performance in the secondary. Uh linebackers played well, I yep. thought. No complaints, yep. really. Cody um, Simon still looks good too. I, I, I'm not in it, the, I'm not in the, uh, the sphere on him where I feel like I need to give him a public apology or anything like that. But like, he has been more than serviceable when he's played. So, shout out to him. Yeah, and um, what else? Offensive line. Tyleek was brilliant. Yep. He's uh, awesome. JT did get thinged up briefly, but he played well. Um, I thought Jack had one of his better games. Um, yeah, he did. I didn't check the stat in the box score, but I thought Jack played well. He looked um, good. He had that big tackle for a loss in the goal line. Oh, they were, they were, everyone's kind of crediting Jack with that play. And it was not him. It was watching. 
Yeah, that's what I thought too. Watching live, JT came off the edge, took his legs out, and then Jack was hundred percent. And, and then Jack hurt yeah. JT by being there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> my one of my that's... friends, one of my friends texted me during the game. I'm going to read this uh, quote by quote, or uh, like direct quote. What he texted uh-huh. me, and he said uh, he was at a DC Alumni Association's event watching the game. So like, not a worse place for like a First ball place, to be watching. Yeah. yeah. And so he said, there's a lady here on the mic who is in charge of the DC OSU Alumni Association. And at halftime, she hopped on the mic and said, I heard someone say Jack Sawyer sucks. And then the next play, he made a great tackle. So shut up. It was me who said it. And it was Eichenberg who made the tackle. History will remember me as being right. <laughs> <laughs> that that play by Ike was fantastic. It was incredible. Yeah. Uh, our buddy Patrick is getting pissed off because he said it was a bad play call from Wisconsin. The play call worked to clarify. They had it blocked. Yep. Ike just shed his man and made an individual play. Yep. Like that was just him purely making an individual awesome. play on, on a good scheme. Like they had the gap. They had they had no one else caught it except him. Yeah. Uh it was a good yeah, it would have worked. Just like we had Eichenberg. Yeah. Um that is that yeah. is a peak like uh leader of the DC alumni association thing to say is to like walk up and credit Jack Sawyer with a play that Tommy Eichenberg made like yeah and get mad at somebody for saying that that Jack Sawyer sucks like he does suck yeah probably <laughs> or something um yeah. <laughs> Hiro Kanu played really well in his snaps yeah he did he yeah, blew he up did. that play on second down um but he was great I don't know Denzel was was awesome as usual I saw Gabe Powers get in the game. You don't see that very often. I have um, no memory of Gabe Powers getting in the game, but I'll believe you. He's credited with it. I, I thought I saw him, and then I saw he was credited with the tackle, so I assume he must have played. Um, I guess we have no it way makes to know. sense to me, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, look, overall, great fucking day from the defense. They did their job. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it helps that Braylon Allen got hurt probably. Um, I mean, not that we want that, but it probably helps the highest its production. Uh, they average 3.8 yards per carry of the day. Um, and the backup running back averaged exactly 3.8 yards per carry as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I feel like pretty good about that. They didn't run the ball enough. I don't understand why. When they never Wisconsin, do. You, th- you throw the ball 40 times. It's felt long as a terrorist. But, yeah, I mean, look, we did our job. I guess the other day, Ohio State did its job. Uh, defense played well. The offense did not, as usual. I guess my takeaway on this is like you see the pieces there and it seems like the mistakes are a little bit different each week that if Ohio state were to just like play a clean game for once, like Kyle McCord yeah. doesn't do anything mor- incredibly moronic. The offensive line is like its usual self. Maybe doesn't get penalized. Just it's usual, like kind of shitty self without penalties. Yeah. And the right attack looks like it has. Marv looks like Marv. Kate looks like Kate does in the passing game. Emeka's healthy. Like you could, they could still play and win against any team in the country. Yeah, that's the thing. Is it's I like, just feel like my confidence level, they actually do that's very low based on the execution percentage. It would be, but it would be so funny if this is the team that wins a national title. Yeah, you know, like just like given, yeah, yeah, like in in like given the like clear. I mean, this is this is. I feel com- comfortable in saying this is the worst team that Ryan Day's had at Ohio State. Yeah, yeah. Twenty twenty one. Also, do you think this is worth twenty twenty one? The offense was so good in twenty twenty one. I guess it's the th- like it, it, the defense is really good here, and so it's just like you're trading offense for defense. But like, 
Yeah, twenty twenty one stopped at I home mean, by Oregon, though. Yeah, they did, but like that was the year. I mean, they had Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson and JSN playing wide receiver. Like you know, like that was. Yeah, that was a damn good team, offensively at least. They also had Bryson Shaw. <laughs> there. Yeah, I, I guess I guess that's the Wait, thing. Did they like, even was that even the Bryson Shaw year? I don't, my my memory's gone. Maybe it wasn't even. No, it was. That was Bryson Shaw. God. I'm pretty sure. What a, what a criminal. We'll never yeah. know. There's no way to know. There's um, no way to know. Yeah. What what do you want us to do? Look shit up. Like, <laughs> come on. Yeah. Um, so I guess I would say that it's certainly one of his it's it's in the bottom rung. It's not 2019. It's not 2019. Um no. It's not 2020. That team crushed Clemson too. I mean, 2020 is hard. That's yeah. weird. It's it's tough to evaluate what 2020 was because of just the weirdness on a game by game basis. I and think like Ohio State they didn't was play until October. Yeah, they were pretty obviously the second best team in 2020 and a pretty good team. It's just they were a lot worse than Bama. Yeah, uh, Bama was just head and shoulders the best team in America. It's, it's yeah, it was it was very weird because like every other team in the country, every other elite team in the country, kind of blew their load in 2019. And so, like, I think my take is that either Clemson or Ohio State or LSU from 2019 would have beaten that 2020 Bama team. But it's just Bama was the only one who put it together that season. So they were clearly the best team in the country. So that's my take on 2020 is that the 2019 team probably could have taken Bama, but the 2020 team just never, it was never going to happen. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. I think the 2019 team would have whooped Bama, actually. Yeah, I I think so, too. I think so, too. Um, yeah, well, all right. Well, either way, the defense is sick. Um, feel great about them. They, I think they are in the very, very shortest of lists for best defense in the country at this point. Yeah. Um, after Penn, the way Penn State played against us, I'm kind of taking them off that list. I think Kalen King is just not as good as I thought. Um, I think it's Ohio State, Michigan, Alabama, Georgia, and Iowa. Bama's defense is getting scary good. They're very good. Yeah. They also... I don't know. I like. I still don't trust their D line, and I think their corners are excellent, but the safety play like is a little spotty for me. Like I think Ohio State can score on Bama's defense. I, I feel more confident Ohio State scoring on Bama's defense oh, than Bama's offense scoring on Ohio State's defense. Oh, that's yeah. That's I not think it's a better a team than Bama. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But Bama's defense is like they have some just absolute dudes there. Like you just see some guys, like Turner's unbelievable. Uh, and then I think Terry Arnold and Nicole McKinsey are very, very good. Malachi Moore seems to be figuring some stuff out. Caleb Downs had a pretty rough freshman year to my, my, my eyes. Um, but he's still probably, it's like to happen here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. I, I, I'm, I'm very curious to watch Alabama play LSU's offense, uh, yeah. this Saturday. Uh, cause I think that'll be a very good test. Yeah. Um, probably they're, they're, only real I, i'm a texas hater i was gonna say they're only real t- real test of the year um i'm I'm still i'm not i'm not buying in on texas not yet yeah maybe not um, ever no probably not i mean i, I don't know <laughs> I, I i don't have a good feel on texas i, I think their wins against kansas the win against kansas was very impressive it was yeah i think if you play that oklahoma game five times they probably win four of them that's probably true um We'll see. I mean, they've got a good test this week against Kansas State, who's won eighty-two to three combined in the last two games. Um, so that's a good test for for Texas. And presumably, yeah, I don't know. I, I, th- I think 
Malik Murphy will probably play again too. Probably. I think that there's basically that tier of teams, which now includes Oklahoma as well. It's Oklahoma, Texas, Alabama, Ole Miss, Oregon, Penn State, Mizzou, and Louisville. I would probably have Louisville at the bottom of that tier. But besides that, the it's order is like one big out. shrug. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard for me to distinguish. Like, I, I think I'd probably put Oregon at the top and probably Louisville at the bottom. But the middle in between that, like, yeah, I don't no know, idea. man. Like, Oklahoma beat Texas, who beat Alabama, who beat Ole Miss, and Ole Miss beat a common opponent with Mizzou. So I guess you can go off that. But yeah. I don't know. Fuck if I know. I guess we should talk about that. Before we do, real quickly, we should talk about Homefield Apparel, uh, who are our lovely sponsor. Uh, Kevin, do you want to tell people at Homefield and and what they their whole their whole deal? <laughs> yeah, their whole deal is this is going to shock you based on the name. Um, they sell clothes, and you know it's it's Homefield Apparel. Um, I don't know if you were aware that par- apparel is a synonym for clothing items, and so um, as as the name would suggest, they do sell uh, clothes, and it is the. I mean, look, we we have alluded to this many times we are not above hawking products that we do not give a shit about on this show um but this is not one of those we are home field apparel users and uh, you i said users like it's a drug it kind of is a drug though you know it's it's very addictive um putting one home field apparel shirt on your body will make you want to buy at least 10 more um and so that is the danger of purchasing home field apparel but home field apparel is uh the best vintage inspired college college football apparel that you can find on the internet like it just is oh, yeah. um and it's it's not just ohio state stuff it's pretty much any school you can think of um if you can if you can dream up the school it's probably on homefieldapparel.com um and we advise that you load up with as many of those those shirts as you need because you never know when you're going to need to be like you know um repping the coastal carolina chanticleers on a random Saturday as they're playing some team that you need them to get an upset against, you know, like you just never know. I, I will, I always tell this story. Um, my good buddy, uh, we went into an Ohio state volleyball game. Um, the night that, uh, USC was playing Utah last year and he just showed up to the volleyball game wearing a Utah hoodie. And like, he just had it ready to go. It was a Utah home field apparel hoodie. And it's like, you just never know what team you're going to have to root for to advance the <laughs> Ohio state narrative. And he was just ready to go with the Utah hoodie. So, um, I love that. So just, uh, stock up. Um, and if you need help stocking up, you can use the code meet at midfield for 15% off your first order. Um, doesn't work for your fifth, sixth or seventh orders, just your first order. And, uh, you know, it will take a little bit off the load as you, um, as you make that first purchase. And um, I apologize, as I alluded to, it is very addictive and you will be making several more purchases after that. But for your first order, we can at least take care of you a little bit. So meet at midfield, oh, yeah. your first order. And that is famously our website too. Ryan and I, we have a website. We have a message board. Um, we're posting. Uh, man, there's a lot of posting going on the past the, uh, week or I should so. pull this up. Let's see how long... Let's see how long the damn Michigan scandal thread is. Um, it is currently at 87 pages, which is, which is over 2,000 posts. Yep. Um, 
In fact, or no, sorry, it's coming up to 2000. It is at uh, 1,732 posts as the time of recording. Um, congrats to our buddy Dan Thixtalskis for making the 1,732nd post. Yeah. Um, if we make it to, let's double that. If we make it to 3,464 posts in that thread, I will, uh, whoever gets it will get a free membership for a year. That's my promise to you. If you join me at midfield.com <laughs> uh, and use the code cheating to sign up, which is 19% off your membership for life, uh, and you are the 3,464th comment in that thread, and you remind me about this, uh, you get a free membership for for a year. Yeah, that's that's the deal. <laughs> Let's see how far we can take it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I mean, it is as as you have noticed. There's no hiding this. We have a lot less juice for this podcast than we had on our most recent. Yeah, podcast. we're clearly lackadaisical. <laughs> yeah, man. If Look, we left if it all you, on the field. Yeah. If if you if you have not listened to our our most candid thoughts on the Ohio State Michigan the Ohio State Michigan the uh, the Michigan cheating scandal well, Ohio State has well, well depends who you ask the new have you seen the new theory they're all pushing about God. that Ryan Day's brother was behind this Ryan Day I love his how, brother yeah it is really funny that like Michigan is objectively one of the best schools in the world right it's like something like mm-hmm. a top 100 university internationally a top 20 in the country and all of their writers are the biggest dipshits of all time. None <laughs> of whom so actually funny. went to the school. Uh, like Sam Webb is quite literally on the payroll. His his it was someone posted on Level Warriors today. They found the data that his home mortgage is owned by the University of Michigan. Oh He's quite God. literally financially beholden to Michigan, uh, and it's just a pure propaganda outlet. And um, these guys all get everything wrong constantly. They're all just saying the dumbest shit every day. That makes they're doing that makes like. like- and, and and it's all shit that like you have to think about for like 30 seconds before realizing, huh, of there's course. no way that's true. R- why would Ryan yeah. Day hire his brother to investigate Michigan in like a covert? I guess oper- by the like, standards of their own scandal, their own their own covert operations. Are yeah, I guess that's true. Standard. Yeah, that, that's true. Uh, the, this current speak- scandal involves a guy who just like is paying for tickets under other people's name, you know, with his own name. Yeah, under his own name, yeah. I will say no. it is very funny. I did see one of the details. Do you know the name of his brother's private investigation firm? Chris. No, I don't know the private investigation firm. It's named Fourth and One. Oh, that's awesome. Which, <laughs> I love that. Given his, his brother's challenges with that yeah. exact out of distance, it's very, very funny. That, that That's uh, objectively hilarious. <laughs> that's how you know that it's not related to... Yeah. They're, they're just yeah, not the same be. person. Because, like, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. fascinating. But, yeah, I mean, I I am... this. I, I'll probably just post this tonight. Um, tomorrow, if you're listening to this to, on Monday... I, I am hoping we get a new saga, a, a new episode drops, a new a new leak drops on Monday. Um, yeah, I, I, I need my hit. Yeah, because because here's my thing. Like, I, I know a lot of people were like talking about how there really wasn't much on Friday or Saturday. They're just like small little ones. But you bury news on Friday. Like you release news that you want to go away and not have people talk about on Friday. Monday is the is the one where you like that's where you release the news that you want to be like the discourse for the entire week. So there's a way better chance that something cool comes out on Monday than there is on Friday. So like I don't know because because it's very clear whoever is leaking this they want it out like it is a coordinated like drip 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 like political smear campaign and yes. um so they're not just gonna like post the juiciest stuff on like a Friday afternoon it's just not gonna happen no. so. 
I, yeah, I am, there were I'm a couple eagerly. small tidbits. We we got fed that one about the the guy who narked on stallions who said he was one Very of the, the video recorders. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of mostly boring. But the interesting, he said, I guess he did confirm he was paid via private memo, which like makes that that payment to the recruiting intern Chris Evans more interesting. Yeah, and then also, uh, it does seem to he did say explicitly that they couldn't get that good of information on signs with down and distance stuff from TV. So they, like that's why they used the recordings, which kind mm-hmm. of does like basically undermine that initial SI report where said he got a lot of stuff off TV. Yeah. Uh, it seems to undermine that and and you know kind of indicate the importance of that position. And then today we also got the news that Michigan officially rescinded the contract offer to Jim Harbaugh. Um which makes all the which sense is, in the world. Like it yeah, I but I think the thing that was interesting to me is they had already had look, I'm gonna sound full Krasenstein, you know, blue and on right now on this one, but like they'd already it's already been reported by that fielding guy that they had a temporary pause on negotiations at the time this stuff was announced. So to me, to have a board meeting on a Sunday morning, uh two or three days after you first meet the investigators and they get a hold of all the phones and laptops and everything else. Uh, and, and all that stuff, and they start presenting data what they have allegedly, maybe to to you know Michigan. That a couple of days later, they they go from a temporary pause to formally rescinding the offer. Exactly. I do think indicates a level of like they do not expect to have Jim Harbaugh back next year, which they yeah. already may already have believed. But I think a lot of people thought because he's going to the NFL. I don't think he's doing an NFL job. I, I I didn't think he did in the first place because of his yep. you know inability to interview well for anything, and the fact that everyone who meets him dislikes him. But but also, like I that mean, NFL.com article yep. indicated, they would carry suspension over. Yeah, yeah. So I yeah he he'll just be an analyst for Michigan. Like he'll circle back in ten years and be an analyst for Michigan. Maybe he can go be the president of a university like uh like Jim Trussell. Wouldn't that Jim be Trussell. Yeah. yeah, he wishes. He'll yeah, go. Right. He'll go be. Yeah, I don't know. He'll, he'll well, be coaching high school ball. This time. He'll be coaching high school ball. The XFL for sure. <laughs> what is the funniest place for him to be i don't i can't imagine where else this would work for him i can see him getting really into rugby or something like that yeah um <laughs> but I, don't know. I, I think i think like to your point though that is that is what caught my attention too is like rescinding an offer is like an active move like that's not yes. a just like a wait and see move it's like that like it, it is a very active thing to do to like take this offer off the table um so yes. like to me to me like it seems fair to read between the lines a little bit there um more than if they just like tabled the conversation you know so um so yeah that that is definitely interesting but i am i am eagerly awaiting the monday drop because the last monday drop was the where, where stuff started to get real juicy and uh i am excited for what for what q has for us on monday Oh yeah, I can't wait for our big source. Um, other than the Monday drop waiting for there, all those the new playoff rankings come out on Tuesday. Yep. Uh the first playoff rankings. We've had to look forward to. Um, have you started or do you have any interest in thinking about where you think Ohio State may land? I don't know. You know, I, I think this is one of those things where you like I could talk myself into so many different things. Um I I think pretty damn high. Like I would think like, I mean, I guess they're number three in the country right now on the AP poll, but like, I would think potentially one or two just because I feel like they have the win against Penn state and they have the win against Notre Dame. And I think those are two 
better quality wins than any of the other teams that would kind of be in, in contention for um, that number one spot. I think that's fair. Um, I, I think too, like, yeah, that, that's, that's the interesting part, I guess that I'm, <laughs> so Ohio State has the best resume in the country, right? Just in terms of teams they've beaten. Um, I'm trying to find out that he's been used to have this thing that was like their playoff, playoff um, yeah, their playoff predictor. I'm trying to see where it's at here. Cause it was kind of, it, it tracked a few stats that were kind of useful. Yeah. Um, they still have this. Yeah, I got it. They have the All-State playoff predictor, but not playoff picture. I bet I can find this. Hang on. Um, but I think, so like while you're finding it, I think yeah. my thing is that they have gone, the committee seems to reward resume, like based on what you've done and like how you've earned that ranking. And I think Ohio State has gone out and earned its ranking more than most other teams in contention right now and that doesn't like functionally matter because like michigan will have a chance to earn its ranking by playing penn state and ohio state later in the season but as of now like ohio state has handled its business more than really any other team in the country i'd say maybe georgia you could put above them um but i sure wouldn't based on Well, that's the thing about georgia it's like i i think they're gonna wait on georgia just because like they do have the the wins over Florida and Kentucky who are both five and three and they're both blowouts, which like I will say Georgia seems that they kind of fixed some of their ship in the sleepwalking earlier, but yeah. I don't think anyone views Florida or Kentucky as serious football teams. I can't imagine no. the committee will either based what they've done. Um, and Georgia's also going to play Missouri, Ole Miss, Tennessee back to back to back the next three weeks. So like yeah. they can easily just let Georgia go do it on the field and say, look, you'll yeah. beat Missouri. Exactly. You're number one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Michigan and Georgia are kind of like the same. They're the same team in a sense. I guess Michigan has been more dominant throughout the course of the season, but they've played a um, schedule. They've played a slightly shittier schedule. I, I think I kind of pulled it up. They do actually. They have. They have played. What is it? One, two, three, four, five. They played five teams in their eight games that are five hundred or better. Four of them are over five hundred. However, those teams are UNLV, Rutgers, Nebraska, and Minnesota which I can't imagine the committee is going to take as they're yeah. going to take them less seriously than Kentucky or Tennessee. Right. Right. Uh, Ohio state has, does have two of the best wins in the country with Penn state and Notre Dame. Um, I think those are both top 15 or 16 teams, give or take. Yeah. Um, which I, I think is, is good for Ohio state. Uh, yeah. I would expect either one or two. I was checking that I did find the playoff picture thing. The stats I was curious to see were strength of record and game control. Ohio State is one in strength of record, which makes sense. Georgia's yeah. seventh, Michigan's ninth. Uh, the more fascinating part, which I did not expect, is they have Ohio second in game control. Oh. Um, so Ohio State's going to be number one. Yeah, I guess they never really trailed. And they, have they trailed a game? Like, I guess briefly against Maryland for the first and, half. And uh, um, obviously Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Yeah. Yeah, but not much game time overall, right? Probably like right. less than... I don't know. Yeah, less I mean, than they've, two they've quarters been, of overall game They've time. been in control. They've just been controlling the game with their defense instead of their offense. Like it's been. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that yeah. Uh, yeah. makes so sense. It's useful info, I guess. I, I do think Ohio State will be one. They're going to be number um, one. Yeah, ba- based on those I two think, stats. Yeah, they're going to be number one. I do think Georgia and Michigan have a level of benefit of the doubt for the committee. Georgia more so. Obviously, they've won back-to-back national championships. Like, I don't think anyone thinks even without Brock Bowers, they're going to lose to Tennessee or Mizzou or Ole Miss. 
Maybe they lose one of those games. I doubt it, but it could happen. Um, but they also earned some benefit of the doubt by being the team they are and kind of winning dominantly without Bowers the last couple of games. However, uh, or not however, I'd say in addition, Michigan probably also has some of that benefit of the doubt, the way they've kind of stomped the Big Ten the last couple of years. And even though they played nobody, they have dominated in the exact fashion you expect a team like this to dominate. The committee usually re- leans towards rankings over dominance unless you're Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of the one exception they make, but it seems yeah. like uh, it seems like they're not going to have I think it'll go Ohio State one, either Michigan or Georgia two or three, and then Washington, Washington or Florida State. Like Washington has a really good win against Oregon, um, but besides that, I mean, look at the rest yeah. of their resume. They have a they they barely beat Arizona, which we made fun of at the time. Arizona does look like they're a pretty good football team. They got a big yeah. win against Oregon State uh, Saturday night. Um, those are the only two teams over 500 they've beaten. Uh, their other opponents are Boise State, who's four and four, Tulsa, who's three and five, two and six Michigan State, two and six Arizona State, two and six Stanford, and three and five Cal. Yeah. Um, and they haven't dominated many of those games out of Arizona State and Stanford were both come from behind wins. So I don't know how much they're going to respect Washington. I think Florida right. State That's having true. the LSU win. Yeah. And they dominated. It, it'll be Washington. one of those two. They did. They did. It'll be one of those two um, that I'd probably say uh, probably Oklahoma, then Texas, then Oregon, then Bama, or I don't know, those four teams in some order. I'd say Oregon probably ahead of Oklahoma. I'd say Oregon next. They do, to their credit, seem to really respect head-to-head. Yeah. So I think you have to have Oklahoma in front of Texas, in front of Bama. Mm-hmm. Unless they think Oklahoma just sucks. But then I think you put Oregon at the front. It could be true. But I, yeah. I think you put Oregon you put at Oregon the front of the list. Yeah. I think you go Oregon and then But Oklahoma. Oregon also, I know you kind of get to the weeds here at a certain point where you're like, who are their wins? But like, I mean, obviously Oregon has had a big win at Utah, 35 to 6. Yeah. The other games finds out they played Portland State, 3 and 5 Texas Tech, 2 and 7 Hawaii, 4 and 4 Colorado. Two and six Stanford. They've Ryan did their schedule. Is that what you're getting at? Their next yeah. best win is a narrow loss to Washington. Pretty much, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean that's fair. That's fair. And again, they'll have a chance to prove it. They they still they yeah. have a uh, sweet games coming up. They play. It was here. They I know they end the season at Oregon State, obviously. Uh, before then, they play Cal, USC, Arizona State. So if they beat USC. Um, they'll keep climbing. Same with uh, yeah. Oregon State. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's just one of those things where. Um, I don't know. Like it, it, this more than more than any other year. Weirdly, like I'm just like kind of chilling with the playoff rankings because it's like it feels so clear. Like the path for every team is like so clear or not clear. Like yes, <laughs> like you know who's in contention right now. You know what they have to do to make the playoff, and like they just like kind of got to go. Like I, you know, like yeah. I, it's down like to like I, it, 13 teams too, basically. If you assume right. they want the G5 in this year, because there's no marquee power there's, five yeah, there's, there's, those no, teams, there's no chance, yeah. Then it's it's down to like 13 teams and there's like five or six eliminated elimination games left. Yeah. Um, there's five games this weekend coming up between teams that are either one loss or undefeated against each other. Or, yeah. or, or teams that are, sorry, teams that are going to be ranked against teams that are uh, in playoff position. Yeah. So kind well, of interesting. And, and, and I, I think like talking about like, Ohio State has done what it needs to do up to this point. And based on how things are shaking out, 
they might still be in a good position if they lose like narrowly to Michigan too. Like I, I think like looking and obviously you don't want to get into the playoff after losing to Michigan in second straight year. Like that's not cool. Third straight but, year. Yeah. Or, or, oh, yeah. <laughs> they didn't get the into the playoff. Yeah. yeah. yeah you're right. Um, But like, I think looking around like the legitimate playoff contenders, I don't like, it's very clear that one of Ohio state or Michigan is going to have one loss. Um, I'm not fully Washington or Oregon are going to have one, you know, like you're just running out of undefeated teams real quick. And when you're stacking up like an Ohio state resume against some of these other ones that also have one loss, it's like, I'd feel, a lot of good pre- wins. I'd feel yeah. pretty good about it. You know, like it's, yeah. You want to see Notre Dame keep winning. Yeah. You want to see Penn, Penn State. State finish 10 and two or better. Like if it goes down to three, 11, one team, something like that, I think Ohio state's going to be in the big 10 championship for the playoff. Yeah. Um, but well, especially since Michigan's not going to be able to play in the big 10 title. So like, even if Michigan wins, beats Ohio state, Ohio state's still going to go play in the big 10 championship when the conference and then, you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think uh, I think we'll have a lot more clarity after this weekend with some of these games coming up, like the Alabama LSU yeah. game. Like, if Bama loses that, the SEC is Toast. almost like Ole Miss is not going in over a one loss of highest State. No. so it's going to be a one bid league. Um, Pack, there are two tough games, the top two teams, the Pac twelve, like Oklahoma and Texas play Kansas State and Oklahoma State. Yeah, um, those are two Oklahoma State. By the way, I had not like I had not been taking them seriously in my rankings uh they're pretty good man yeah Yeah. that running back is sick ollie gordon's an animal he has like 900 yards in the last five games yep Uh, just all of a sudden yeah out of nowhere um yeah i'm fascinated to watch that because i think look i i get the feeling based on what we see from every other team in the acc that florida state's gonna sleepwalk to a 13-0 record i think they're like a lock um it feels pretty unlikely that Georgia loses two of their final five games at this point. I would not yeah. expect that. It'd be funny. Although stranger but... things have happened. It'd be very yeah. funny. Yeah. I mean, they lose to Mizzou or something. Things start getting spicy. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like I, I was pretty against the idea of a two bid, a two bid big 10 league this year, based on what they'd seen early in the season. But now they're, they're starting to get that record. They're starting I, to get I, that trend. I think it's, yeah. if, you called this a while ago, like um, the the Big Ten could have two teams in if the second team is Ohio State. I think if Michigan loses yes. to Ohio State, they're toast. I don't think they're getting in. I don't think they have the wins Agreed. necessary to get and in. And same with Penn State. That, that Iowa win for Penn State's not going to hold up. The West Virginia yeah. win's not going to hold up. Yeah. Like Ohio State, the, the thing that's keeping Ohio State in is the uh, Notre Dame win. As long as Notre Dame keeps looking good, which they looked, they look good as shit this weekend. Like they dominated yeah. whoever they played. So. Um, pit. It was pit. pit. Yeah. It was pit. Yeah. So, so I mean, Notre Dame only has three games left. They play. Uh, they they get Clemson, Wake Forest, and Stanford. They should not lose any of those games. Um, yeah. It would be pretty Clemson. shocking to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Clemson on the road, Wake Forest at home, Stanford on the road. Yeah. If they win out, you have a road win at ten and two Notre Dame, and Penn State wins everything except Michigan, and you have a win over ten and two Penn State. Which controlled the game the entire day. That feels pretty yeah. good. Like that's a pretty good floor, even if you lose to Michigan. Um I think the Pac 12 also very much well still produced a two loss champion. Like I think that's not yeah, crazy oh yeah. to expect. I don't think so either. Like uh, especially since Washington beat Oregon. 
Yeah. I get the sense maybe Oregon just wins out. I don't know. Um, Man, well, they I, respect, but even then, Oregon, like, going to be bad news. Oregon's record, like, Oregon's teams they played are pretty bad. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be bad news unless for the Pac 12, unless Washington happens to win out. I, I yeah. think, I think that's, it's not going to, not going to be good for the Pac 12 because I, I can't see, Oregon getting in is a one loss team over, I mean, Ohio state or God, even Michigan. It's it. That's tough. I think Utah might finish like eight and four. Uh, yeah. I also, I think, I don't know. Yeah. I think there's a chance if, if, if Michigan goes undefeated, they're getting in the playoff regardless of controversy, whatever. If they lose one game, I think the 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 committee post sign stealing is a, yeah. it post sign stealing like after the scandal if they lose to Ohio State they're done because I I don't I think the committee is just going to be a call thank God dodged a bullet there like we're, we don't have to put you know like I yeah I, I think they're toast if they're undefeated they they're going to have no choice but to put them in the playoff but like if it's one of one or eleven and one Michigan with an asterisk against like Oregon or like some of these other teams or like I don't know like I I, I think they're toast. The results that could really fuck this up. If we have a, like if this Saturday, Oklahoma State shocks the world and wins Bedlam for like the you know fourth time in twenty years or something, uh, and like just the ideal Saturday for us. So Ohio State obviously beats Rutgers. Um, you get <laughs> you get uh, Kansas State beating Texas, mm-hmm. Oklahoma State beating Oklahoma, Missouri beats Georgia and throws that whole thing into question. Uh, LSU beats Bama. And then what's there's a good I guess USC like watch I'm not going to expect that one so we'll we'll take that off the list. Um, <laughs> a terrible uh, team. God, yeah, I don't know. That could get very fun. Like I, I'm I'm intrigued by all this. I don't know. There's still so many games to be played that I'm still intrigued by. Like I don't think that Missouri or Louisville are really for real. I don't think that Ole Miss is. I think they'll lose to Georgia pretty comfortably. But. I mean, damn, if you get Texas, Oklahoma, and Alabama eliminated this weekend somehow, like they this could. whole thing gets crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, Texas is going to be starting a backup quarterback. I think Oklahoma is actually not that good. Um, and Alabama doesn't have an offense. So, like, it's that's totally possible. It'd be nice to see the Big 12 go out with, like, embarrassments, Texas and Oklahoma one last time. Yep. That'd be beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we'll see, man. I guess we'll see. I'm curious to watch it. We'll uh, we'll have a much clearer idea here in a couple of days. I think it's all I've got. It's a pretty sleepy podcast for us. I think we're both pretty pretty beat. Uh, yeah, it's, we'll it's be been back a long week of posting. It's been a long week of posting. Yeah, I, I'll tell you week. what. We could get juiced up right in the morning, though. You know, that's... Oh, it's true. Emergency pod Monday night. Yeah. Um... <laughs> yeah, well, either way, we'll be out. on the premium show Wednesday. I would not want either. At the latest, we'll be on the premium show Wednesday <laughs> night uh, for a preview of the weekend coming up. Uh, even though it's Rutgers talk, I'm sure we'll have a lot more to talk about besides that. So if you want to hear that podcast, all of the premium podcasts, the website is midfield.com. The code cheating is 19% off for the rest of your life. Um, I think it's my turn to sign us out. So It is. I will say that, uh, you know, go Bucks. Michigan sucks and help is on the way.